Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Are you a startup? Wearable company? Don't know where quite to go from here? Well, you have the questions, and Spectrum Ergonomics has the answers. Go to our company website at www.spectrumergonomics.com and click on the link wearables. There you'll find a wide variety of services and other contractors that we work with to help make your product become a reality. We're here to help you through the process of iteration to packaging and beyond. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of You Wear It Well. And my very special guest today has a very interesting product that when I first saw it, I thought it's got to be on the show. The product is called Niostem, but I'm not going to say any more because Carlos is going to take the show over because he knows more about the product than probably anybody else in the world. Carlos, the show is yours. Thank you very much, Jeff, for the invitation, and I'm really happy to be here. I will give a short intro about myself. So my name is Carlos Chacon Martinez, originally from Colombia, and uh, my background is on biological sciences. So I, I went to university in Bogota, and I studied microbiology. And I studied that because I was super interested on biotechnology and how to use living things, living organisms to the benefit of, of humanity, you know. And after finishing my, my undergraduate studies, I had the, the privilege to work in a biotech company in, in Bogota as well called Corpohen. And, and there I learned the beauty of, of biotechnology, molecular biology, cell biology, that I went on and then I moved out to Europe. So I went to, to Belgium and I did a, a master in medical biotechnology. So I started going more into the medical side of using, uh, you know, like living organisms to, to benefit uh, people. And after my master, I, I was really fascinated by, by basic science and, and I started getting super interested on cancer. So then I went to, I moved to, to Germany where I'm uh, at the moment. I did my PhD in, in Dresden at the Technical University of Dresden and the Max Planck Research School. And that was a terrific time. I was doing cell biology, but I was also combining with biochemistry and 
regenerative medicine approaches. And after that, so I've had a, a long say, academic career. After that, I moved to do a postdoc and I, I moved to, to Cologne where I'm based uh, right now. Uh, so it's the west of Germany. And I worked with Max Planck Institute for Biology of Aging. And there I started working with these beautiful cells called hair stem cells that can regenerate the skin and, and hair. And then that's kind of my, where, how I got to, to actually now working on, on hair loss uh, with Niostem. Fantastic. I'm always struck by my very special guests and the kind of the road that they've gone on to get to where they are now. It's not always a straight shot into what they're doing. There's a few <laughs> twists and turns along the way, and then the inspiration yeah. comes. So tell us a little bit about why hair loss. You were off looking at cancer. You've been looking at things. What about hair loss? What led you in that direction? Uh, yeah, that's super interesting. I, I think it's uh, serendipity. So I, since I started my, my studies, my bachelor's studies, I, I have this inner motivation that I want to help people. I want to have an impact, a direct impact on people. I had, so my father had problems with his kidney. At the early age of 30, he had to be transplanted. And afterwards, he had a relatively good life, but it was always very hard for the family for him to kind of go with all these health issues. So I always thought, like, can I do something to help people in this health area? And I got super interested on cancer because back when I started my PhD, some years before, there was this theory that cancer can originate from stem cells. Some types of cancer originate from stem cells. And then I, I thought, what could I, what could I do that I could understand how a normal stem cell that is supposed to regenerate tissue can become a cancerous cell? So I started studying cancer and there are different models out there, but when I started working at the Max Planck here in, in Cologne, there was the opportunity that we could work with skin. Skin cancer is really common, and skin is a really is the biggest organ of the body, so it's relatively accessible for studies. And so I started working with skin cancer, and in, in this, there's one type of skin cancer is called squamous cell carcinoma, and people show that actually there are these so-called cancer stem cells. So I got super excited because there is uh, something I like to study. There is a model that is, was readily available in the lab, uh, in the Wickstrom lab where I did my postdoc. And then I started I studying these cells, but then I, I realized that I could not easily manipulate these cells. I could not easily work with them because experiments were taking really long time because we had to work with, with, with animals, with mice. This is the normal way. So I, I asked myself, like, what can I do? What can I do that can accelerate the, this uh, knowledge gaining. And then I came up with this uh, method that allowed for the first time that you can grow these skin stem cells, these hair stem cells in a Petri dish. So no one had done this before. And then I went and said, okay, well, why don't we try? So my boss was kind enough that she said, just go for it. So I started doing this uh, research and trying things and at the end it worked out very well. So we, we have this published and patented and everything. But that allowed me for the first time to start doing the understanding and asking really, really interesting questions about the cell biology of the stem cells and the cancer stem cells. But to understand the cancer stem cells, the skin cancer stem cells, I had to first understand the normal stem cells. And these, these so-called hair follicle stem cells, they can make skin, they can regenerate the skin, but they can also regenerate the hair. So they can do both things. And then, yeah, from the cancer, I went into 
hair because they are exactly the same cells. And it was just just luck that I ended up doing that. And then I understood then that there is a really good opportunity to help people because hair loss is such a huge problem for many people and it's so underestimated. People think that, yeah, guys are bold and it's fine, but it's not fine. If you talk to these people, they really care and there is nothing out there that is sufficient enough and you know, good enough that people can actually stop it and, and decide how they want to look. So that was a, kind of the transition I had from my cancer research on, onto uh, hair regeneration. But that's what we're doing now. Very fascinating. Tell us a little bit about how the product works. Describe the product and, mm-hmm. and what is the mechanism? that it works unless it's something proprietary and you don't want to give it away that's fine i understand that (laughs) no it's all right i I can i can talk freely because we are after four years of being working with niostem we are finally coming out of stealth mode so we're actually communicating now much more what we've been doing and what we do and how we do it and why we are different from other people so our product of course is a wearable that's why we are talking now It's, it's a wearable device that can not only stop hair loss, but also reactivate physiological hair regrowth. When we talk about hair loss, I think I just want to make short clarification that there are different types of hair loss. You can have to lose your hair because of stress. And when women, for example, they, have, they are in the pregnancy, they can also have these waves of hair loss. There's also autoimmune hair loss called alopecia reata. Uh, We're particularly tackling one type of hair loss, which people know it as pattern baldness, so male pattern baldness, female pattern baldness. And this is normally genetically inherited and it's driven by hormones. So you have it in your genes, you inherit it from your parents, and then your hormones are the responsible that you start losing your hair at some point in, in, you know, like normally after 18 years old, 20, depends on the person. Interestingly enough, 90% of men that lose hair have pattern baldness. So we're only tackling this, this type of hair loss. And short, maybe a little bit of, of how it works, uh, because to understand how our wearable works, I need to, to first say how, what happens in common hair loss, so in, in male pattern baldness. So what happens is that when you lose your hair, it's not that it starts falling immediately. What happens is that the hair grows from the follicle. The follicle is like the plant pot where you put your plant, right? The plant grows, it's, it's a hair shaft. And, and these follicles, the engine of the follicles, so what makes them work are these hair stem cells. So what happens when you have male pattern baldness is that hormones, and we're talking now about a hormone called testosterone and a derivative called dehydrotestosterone, they make, so the final outcome of this hormones, let's say, playing with your follicles is that the follicles get inactive. So over time, they start shrinking, shrinking, and shrinking to the point that the hair that grows from it is so thin that you don't see it. So it's cosmetically irrelevant. So you don't really see it. And what we have found is uh, with our wearable device is that we can reactivate this follicle by reactivating these hair stem cells. And when you reactivate them, they start growing hair again so that you can regenerate the follicle just by reactivating the engine of the follicle. So we are using just the power of the human body to heal and regenerate because the stem cells, they normally grow hair. You, you lose hair, like every day you lose around 100 hairs because they're growing and falling, growing and falling. This is a natural regeneration process. 
think when you lose hair, when you have a pattern baldness, you lose more than that you grow. So the final outcome is more loss than gain. So we're moving this balance back to the point where you were not losing hair. So you grow more than what you lose. So you just regenerate it. And that's how basically we can stop hair loss and, and reactivate uh, hair regeneration. Fascinating. And taking a look at the, the whole topic of the testosterone, the hormone levels, that is pretty much a lot of times, well, it is, it's genetically set, unless, of course, you're taking some sort of testosterone supplements. Mm-hmm. So in the case of the individual that's not using any testosterone supplements, they're not undergoing any other particular like, like chemotherapies, things that could suppress the hormones, it's going to, levels are probably going to slowly decrease over time. So, but in that period of time when it maybe is slowly decreasing, but there's still a high enough level, does your product have to be pretty much utilized on a regular basis? It's not like I use it for two weeks and I never have the problem ever again. Mm -hmm. This is something that because of the testosterone levels, you need to still keep using the product again to, to help the body overcome that still being bombarded with the testosterone. Yes, you, you are absolutely right. So we have not found a cure because if you wanted to cure this, you would need to change your genes, your DNA. So we're not there yet. What we have found is a way to tell your body, instruct your body, ignore this hormonal imbalance you have. And we're talking about basically it's hypersensitivity of the follicle to the DHT. So we are telling the body, ignore this chemical signal and then we are using precise low-level electrical stimulation to reactivate the stem cells so the bottleneck on hair loss is that your stem cells get inactivated so they don't work if they don't work the follicle doesn't regenerate now we're just reactivating them overruling this biochemical signaling so your hormones are still there we are not let's say interfering with your hormones especially like in your body or anywhere, where you're telling you're just telling the stem cells, ignore this signal that make you kind of sleep dormant and just go and do your normal job. Because once they start growing hair and hair grows in cycles, they just do their job. The problem is this activation. It's like if you had to push them, but once you push them, they know what to do. Another question that I was just thinking about when you were talking about the, the process of basically waking up the the hair stem cells to say, hey, ignore the testosterone levels that are there. Can the device that you have also work with discoloration of hair when when we start to get gray? Does it have Mm -hmm. any effect over the loss of color Mm -hmm. in in the hair itself, the the shaft? Yeah, that's a a really, really interesting question. I, I don't have a final answer, but I can tell you that Color of the hair depends on melanin, right? So you have these melanocytes that produce the color. Then you have hair grains, so you start losing this melanin being deposited on, on the hair. When we tested our device, because we have tested it with, with real people for six months, which is the normal time that you need any uh, intervention for, against hair loss for it to kind of give good, good results because hair grows very slow. What we saw is that people tend to to say but not only them but for example their partners or their hairdresser that the hair was darker i don't know because we didn't focus on that but it might be that it could perhaps 
have an influence on this. I'm not sure because maybe when you see someone has darker hair, it might be that it has more hair. Therefore, you see it darker. So we didn't look into that. And normally, so the people we, we had, not many people had actually graying hair. So this is a super interesting question. I think it's something that we would like to look in the future if there is any correlation. Just curious, I thought maybe some of the us guy listeners out there would say, hey, what can I do for gray hair? Not that gray hair is necessarily bad. It's sometimes a sign of wisdom. <laughs> as we age. Uh, I don't know if a lot of the male listeners feel that way or not. But in any case, I thought I would throw that question out there. Let's talk a little bit about the electrical stimulation. Again, without giving away any proprietary secrets here, talk about electrical stimulation. Are we here? Are we talking about microcurrent? Are we talking about milliamp current? What kind of current are we talking about? Because people might say, ah, I put something on my head. It's electricity. I don't know about it. Close to my brain. What is it going to do? So yeah, because yeah. Again, a lot of times in the medical world, my training as well in physical therapy is like electrical stimulation on the head is a no-no. But again, that's that's the frequencies that we use in physical therapy. There are we I mean there are units out there that we can use that the current actually it goes it goes across the skull. We call it transcerebral. So we have the transcerebral current, but it's it's basically it's microcurrent. You don't feel it. So for our listeners out there that might be a little bit nervous about electricity on their head, talk a little bit about the current. Yeah. So. You're right. So we are in the very, very low range. So we are in the micro, in the micro current uh, range. We know of devices out there using milliamps. So that's it, 1,000 times more. For example, using for transcranial simulation, there are devices out there that they're used, being used for, for example, stress control or depression treatment. We are technically 100 times lower than that. So at the point that you don't you don't really feel the stimulation, we have also you know like the design of the device hasn't been trivial. So it's something we have put uh, four years now in the development of the device, and also the um, this brush flexible, which are comfortable electrodes that uh, penetrate your hair and then touch the scalp. So there is a crucial balance that we have been able to work out in which this really low stimulation, really low electrical stimulation, it remains on the skin and then reactivate the stem cells. So it doesn't, for example, people ask, like, does it penetrate my, my skull, like the bone? But we have worked out a way that it doesn't, that just focuses on the on the scalp. And then when we have the six months pilot uh, study, we saw uh, no, let's say, adverse side effects in, 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 in any type of report. So people can report uh, aches or, you know, like uh, any problems, but we didn't see anything apart from normal, uh, like itching of the scalp or something like this, which is normally something that changes over time with the, the, the seasons. Uh, so we, we saw very, very normal, let's say, side effects when we did the test. So that's one thing. And the other thing is that devices that use electrical simulation have been out there for years so in the 80s 90s and you know like there are patents that they protect the use of electrical simulation against hair loss and this is known for from long time and publications as well uh, from the 90s um, they also show the efficacy and the safety of of such approach so i think while it might sound bizarre from some people 
our body is full of electrical signals and what what we are doing is using a low level of this which are very similar to, to the ones in your body to actually reactivate the physiological process of hair growth so yeah i think i can tell you that that's everything we have on that and we believe is is very very safe another question that just popped into my head that the listeners might be thinking about too and it's fairly common with especially as we start to move into the summertime here in the northern hemisphere that we have sunburn you know and you got a bald spot on the back of your head and now you have a sunburn can your product still be used with a sunburned skin or do you have to wait until peels and the skin gets back to normal excellent question so we haven't tested this yet so i think the right way to do it would be to have a group of people having some levels of different sunburn and then use the device so we normally advise not to use the device if you have wounds or if you have conditions like psoriasis or inflammation on your scalp because then these medical conditions they need to be first addressed and then you can use our device we don't have so much sun here in, in germany in those days so <laughs> not like all in the, in the us you have uh, sunnier days but it's something we, we need to look at I, i would say in general if your skin is irritated just because we have different contacts of the scalp these contacts you know like you might have a unwanted feeling if you want to call it this way but we haven't done really we haven't tested it yet okay just kind of thinking out loud for people that might be listening in on the show and, and asking those particular questions mm-hmm. spectrum ergonomics and occupational health services provides a broad array of design and engineering professionals for your wearable project we feature the following design specialties pattern making digital textile athletic wear sensor fashion exoskeleton robotics and mechatronics We also offer beta testing of your wearable in our private clinic. You choose the demographics and sample size, send us the sample, and we take care of the rest. For more information, go to www.spectrumergonomics.com for more information. Hey, if you're a startup wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast please contact me at my company website www.spectrumergonomics.com I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable well Thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology and may you wear it well.